Hello, friends. I know you know what time it is. It's time to find your balls. Um, I am. I'm. I'm withering under the weight of Christmas cheer. Um, damn it, I'm trying. The I want music you to know. Is killing you. Actually, I found this song that I listened to on repeat. Um, it's by a band that I'm not familiar with called King and Country. Oh yeah. And they play this version of Little Drummer Boy. Oh, yeah. It is, I don't know what cool words are now, but if I did, I'd insert a cool, yeah. I mean, it fucking, wow. And it yeah. was ballsy because the version of it, I don't, I've like listened to it on YouTube because I'm not good with technology, but like they, they performed this thing at uh, the CMAs, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that was yeah. either like, that was going to go phenomenally or, but even to take <laughs> yeah. that big of a risk, like, I don't know if I've got that big of balls, but uh, they do it and they go full force, man. They fucking pound those drums. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's making it less bad. But, uh, mm-hmm. but anyway, uh, Jeff Stuckey in the passenger seat, weighted down by Christmas cheer. <laughs> this is Greg Allen at the, at the wheel, trying to keep us on the road. Now, do you, do you, where, where's your Christmas vibe? Yeah, it's good. Still go uh, like on an upward trajectory. Yeah, or I even level? De- deliberately put on Christmas music. We did our tree a couple of days ago, and, and and that's like somewhat of an involuntary. Re- it's like, oh, I'm going to play some Christmas music. Yeah, yeah. Man, I got I got some stuff. To- the other th- the other thing that really gets me is um, George Winston. See the piano player. I don't know. Thanks for being there for me. I believe it's George Winston, and he plays the Peanuts um, theme song. Dun, 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 dun. Now I don't know if that's a. Oh, I guess I, about, yeah. I guess that's the only time we see see the Peanuts is Christmas time. So yeah. maybe that's I don't know quasi Christmas music. That one also can get me uh, get me going a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I a couple of exciting things uh, on this episode. One. Small talk, small talk with Greg, which I'm exceedingly excited about. But we've got some fucking intro music. That's right. Are you ready for it? I I am. Small talk with Greg. Okay, let's do your version of it too, and then we'll get people to decide which is the better one. Okay, this is what I prefer for intro music. Intro to small talk with Greg. Yeah, the music part of it, that, that was bad. That wasn't bad. But anyway, cool. So now we got <laughs> So it, we've obviously married this small talk with Greg thing. So damn it, for better or for worse. All right, so yeah. Greg, let's do some small talk. Uh, okay, I had a chance to do it for real. I had a Christmas party in our condo, so all the folks in the condo were invited. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. So this is no kind of test run. This is like... Oh, Friday weird. night lights are on game time for Greg Allen. Right. These are my real neighbors and all of them know we're condo posers. We shouldn't be there. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> you know, we, we, I mean, we're the only people in the entire building that moved our own stuff in, you know, cause we're all talking about, did you use this mover? Cause they showed up looking pretty bad, but they were good. And we use this mover. Oh, that is, I think that would be a significant condo. Oh, pa. Yeah. Posers. Oh, it was worse, Jeff, okay. because Mary, the only thing we had to really move in was our bed because Mary gave away everything else because <laughs> oh, okay. it didn't fit the decor, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess. So uh, I borrowed a trailer from a friend of mine that lives on a farm. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we put the bed in the back of the open trailer. There's hay falling out of it. I pull up on Main Street, just stop in the middle of the street, and the mayor's standing at the door waiting for his wife to drive up, and he holds the door open for us. And Mary's like, this is so embarrassing. This is so embarrassing. Why'd you stop on Main Street? And you can see Mayor Winnicky's out there, you know, and it's like, this is how it roll, you know, how right. it goes. That's honey. It. Yeah, we yeah. just got to do it. So I show up at the party. And uh, so when I walk in, I almost froze because I'm thinking, oh, no, there's just too many people. And I don't know how to start the conversation. And I don't know if I know how to end it when I need to. So I just froze for a second. And then um, I saw somebody that was, he looked worse off than I did. Oh, okay. So I went, All right. Yeah. So I went over. So you're dating the ugliest girl at the prom at this point as well. I'm thinking it'll buy me some time. I got you. Okay. No no judgment. Yeah. I mean, oh, it got a whole lot. Ask better. the girl that's going to dance or ask the girl <laughs> that's going to reject me. Wow. Right. Okay. Uh, and so I go over to him. I said, hey, I've seen you on the elevator. You know, I don't remember your name. And he starts muttering something in Russian, you know, and it's like, okay, now I remember you for sure, but I still don't know your name. And I won't now. I, I got it, but I won't say it here. Uh, so we talk for a minute. I'm thinking, okay, I need to work on my, how to break this off because I could die right here, you know? So I, I moved to the next person and just smiled and started talking with them. But two things that I found is, one, find the people that are having a hard time themselves, you know, and talk to them. And I kept my back to the rest of the group because oh, it kept me from looking okay, out thinking, yeah. oh, I need to talk to that person right. and that person, you know. And so it really felt good to where one couple that I talked to, they didn't want me to leave because they felt safe. Is this true? It's absolutely true. Okay. Yeah, I tried to cut it off three You times. can understand my skepticism. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Most yeah. people are marbed, are marred beyond recognition after small talk <laughs> with Greg. That's why. Yeah, it yeah, just, yeah. And, and I'm well, not saying that to be insulting. I just I, think that's historically factual. I won't argue it. Okay. But I was asking a lot of questions. Okay. You know, and then throwing in something that had to do with what they said, you know, but not taking over the conversation. I mean, so are you enjoying this, would you say? I, I would or? say better, much better than I thought of Less would. miserable or are we actually enjoying? No, we were above the zero line. Okay. So there was some enjoyment Wow. There. But then the next thing that really worked well, so I turned to the to the crowd. Oh, you're was, getting cocky now. Oh, it was yeah. dangerous. <laughs> and I walked up to the, probably the most, um, I, I don't know what you want to call it, the, the prettiest girl at the okay, dance. Okay, yeah, you know? yeah. Highest social value. Oh, absolutely. Here I come. Yeah, and I just went straight for her, and I touched her on the arm, and uh, and I just said something about what I had seen her done, do before, you know, and I said, you really did a good job of that, I wanted to tell you. I knew it took a lot to articulate your point, and you did a great job. And it was before, Whoa. see, because that's what messes me up. People people say, oh, good, how are you doing? What's that? You know, and then ah, it throws me. So you just came in like, I, this is my conversation. Exactly. Nice. And when she tried to move it, you know, I just went back to it. And it was good. It was good. Dude, that's some high-level shit right there. Oh, Those are some solid skills. I know. Well, I didn't know it at the time. I just knew I'm going to sink, you know, or swim. Mm. So well, sometimes that's what it takes, right? You got to put yourself in the sink or swim position. And I did it. You swam. <laughs> wow. <laughs> nice. We're going to use some Do outro. we have outro music? Yeah, we're yeah. going to try cool, the cool, same cool. thing. A little bit of blending there. That's nice. And this concludes... Small talk with Greg. All right, so what's the real reason we're here today? What are we talking about there, Greg? <laughs> All right, we've gotten so many inquiries on what the heck is man-made, the overall uh, vision, the overall uh, product, I should say, that we offer. 
the Becoming Man-Made course and everything about man-made. People ask me so many questions. It's Essentially, like, they're saying, what the fuck is man-made? Actually, that was their words, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't repeat them that Try right. to help you with that? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, we throw people off with the good guys who drink and cuss a little. We understand that. We can explain that. But some people think, well, is that all you do is drink and cuss? And it's like, no. Mostly. I mean, no, <laughs> no, no. No, not at all. So much more. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think we kind of landed on an idea that it's uh, therapy for men who hate therapy. It absolutely is. There. So the the evolution, the podcast was kind of an accident, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like we're I'm driving along one day, and people have often said, "Jeff, you should do a podcast." And I've always stumbled over the technical side of it, like fucking, oh, yeah. I can't do that. So. Um, anyway, I'm driving along, minding my own business, and I hear something on the radio where somebody will help, will produce the podcast for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want to do a podcast. And like, and that's how we met Justin and Eric, who have been our producers and do a wonderful job with it. So it was really just kind of like Jeff shows up and talks out his ass and Greg tries to make some sense out of it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. In the meantime, and this is something that you and I have been working on for a very long time and something that my career as a therapist has been devoted to is, and I think the way that you articulated it is most succinct is therapy for men who hate therapy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I love therapy now, but I never loved, you know, I didn't love it for a long time. And if I were being honest about that, it was because it terrified me. Um, Largely because I think therapy is terrifying. I think when you, you know, you, you kind of think you're fucked up, right? And it's like, do I just think that I'm fucked up or do I go in (laughs) and find out if I'm really fucked yeah, up, right? It's better to have not be sure. Absolutely. So if the choice is left up to me, I'm going to choose, nah, I'm just going to be suspicious. I'm not going to go ahead and nail it down and maybe find out like it's much, much worse than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's a, there's an aspect of therapy that is really healthy and necessary. We've talked about, you know, the vulnerable emotions mm-hmm. and, but oftentimes the therapeutic process either can be or just feels like we're being shoved into the deep end of vulnerable emotions, right? right? Like there's not, there's no like swim lessons. It's just yeah. like, and then this, you know, it's like, <laughs> and that can in some very real ways be traumatizing. Mm-hmm. And most men, we, we want our mantra knowingly or unknowingly is less is more Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. cut to the fucking chase right like (laughs) let's get this over with as quickly as we possibly can and so that then started me thinking about okay if i were going to do some work on myself how would i want to do that Mm -hmm. what what's the context that i would want to do that in and in the time that I've been practicing, obviously technology has advanced in exponential sorts of ways to where we can provide people help in much different forms than we used to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of the, cul- the, the culmination of those two ideas of 
I don't really want to go sit in an office and cry. Mm-hmm. And like fucking boil it down to brass tacks, yep, man. Yep, yep. And then, okay, so now I've got 20 years of working with men. So I now have, I now have technology has caught up in a way that I can synthesize this down of over 20 years. Here's the core themes Mm -hmm. that I've seen most, if not all men really, really struggle with. And here's a context that you can do it. Mm -hmm. So technology now affords me the opportunity to put 20 years of therapy into a program that you're in control of, Mm -hmm. that you can kind of pace your vulnerability, your exposure to vulnerability. The initial phase is going to be these self-guided programs where you're getting in touch with some experiences, some aspects that you were not aware of, but you get to do that in your own surroundings and you get to be in control of the pace of that. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not forced on you because you, you show up to my office. It's like game on (laughs) motherfucker. We got 50 minutes. So let's get down. (laughs) You know, it's like it, you, you get to be, you get to assert a little bit more control in that. Mm-hmm. And you get, you can take your time. You can take as much time as you want with that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you want to go deeper, then we've also got some venues for you to go deeper to explore this a little bit more. But that, that program was essentially the, the genesis of man made that became man-made good guys who drink and cuss a little and therapy for men who hate therapy. Right. And with the lessons come the assignments and, um, and, and calls with us. So a guy's not just watching a video or, or studying a lesson and say, okay, well, that's good. What do I do with that? I mean, there are assignments that he would have to go out and do exercise that we need to do to prove that he understands it or to subject himself to some of the things. If he wants to, right? And yeah. again, what we've tried to do is put as much control in the user as possible mm-hmm. and not saying, you know, we're not going to drag you into this. Now, if you want us to, we'll fucking drag your ass into it, right? <laughs> yeah. there, there, you, you, That is an option. Mm-hmm. But for some guys, you know, some guys want a little bit different pace than that. Right. right. And they want, you know, maybe they look at, so they go through one of the modules, right? And maybe that's it for that. Maybe that's all I wanted from that. And that's cool, man. No, you know, if you don't want the whole fucking pizza and you just want a piece, that's fine. But then if you're, you want to go even further. So here's an exercise that's associated with that module that is really going to take you out into that emotional space. It's going to push you beyond the conceptions of self that you've had, the emotional limitations that you put on yourself that you're not even aware of. And, but you, you get to decide. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, if you want us to kick your ass, then yeah, we'll kick your ass and we'll help you get through that. But, but it's really designed 
to be as user friendly as possible. Mm -hmm. And you get to decide, okay, yeah, I'm going to, I want to, I want to do it this way. Or, you know, if I want to, if I want to upsell a little bit, then I want to, I want to go through these modules, but I also want to participate in a group of men that are also going through this. And I want to hear about their experience and I want to hear about the parts where they, you know, where they struggle. And so we create those groups for you that you participate in. And again, that, that first level is just kind of more self-guided. I mean, we'll, we're going to make sure that the guys that are in that group are participating in a constructive way that are adding to it. It's not some idiot's not going to take over the group and like, well, you know, <laughs> it'll be a very productive um, time. If you want even more than that, right, then, okay, you can have access to you or myself and we'll, we'll press a little bit harder and we'll, we'll push you and make sure that you're, you're pushing yourself as hard as you need to be pushing yourself. Some guys need that. And so... So that was really the design, and the modules are really designed to solve those four crises that men are in, right? That our orientation to reality is success, power, achievement. Mm-hmm. That's the only, the only thing we know to do is set a goal, achieve that goal, and then rewarded with the stress of achieving a new goal, right. Or sitting in the shame of not accomplishing mm-hmm. a goal, mm-hmm. and then number two, that crisis of of the lack of awareness that we have of vulnerable emotions, mm-hmm. of of feeling fear, of feeling loneliness, of feeling sadness, of feeling those kinds of things. Like it's not, you know, I don't give a fuck what words you use, but just that you have the capacity to recognize those emotions. Mm-hmm and respond to them in a constructive sort of way rather than doing what we typically do as men, which is numb those things out. Right. And that can take on any, you know, dealer's choice on what I use to numb those out, but that I'm able to identify those things. And then number three, and this is really at the core of what man-made is intended to provide which is as men, we have inadequate emotional and physical support from other men. Mm-hmm. And you, you hear that, and most men are aware of their loneliness. They, you know, it was Thoreau that said most men live lives of quiet desperation. And most of us hear that. And, and in that moment of clarity, our response is no shit. Yeah. I fucking totally feel that quiet desperation. But then we don't know, then what are we, you know, what are we supposed to do about it? Like what, get in touch with our feminines, you know, the, the solutions that are available usually are not, not all that attractive. And, and so that's what we really want to do is connect men with other men, but, but that we're all moving in the same direction. Yes. We all, we all aim to be as good of men as we can possibly be. Mm-hmm. Cuss a little, drink a little along the way. Right. If that's if that's your palate, if that's not your palate, that's fine. But that there's not a conflict about that. Right. right. 
And then I want to know how to participate in my life. I don't know. I don't know another orientation rather than trying to achieve the goals. I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about when you say there's other ways to relate to the world. Right, right. I don't know what all of this discomfort inside of me is. I just know it's there. And I know the ways that I manage it tend to cause me to feel shittier about myself rather than better about myself. Mm -hmm. And I'd finally like a way to scratch the itch that I know is there, but I just can't reach. I want to love my wife well. I mean, I want to be a great partner to her. I don't want to be, yes, dear, you're right. I'm sorry. I'll try harder. And then go bitch about her to somebody that I probably shouldn't be bitching about her oh, to. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to raise my kids well. I want to have a purpose in that. I want to know exactly what it is that I am trying to instill in my children. And I want to know exactly how to do that. And I want to know that it what it is about me that I am imparting to them. This is the part of your father that I am giving to you that you will take with you the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. I want to be a good fucking friend. Yeah. When a buddy needs me, I want to know how to be there for him in a way that gives him comfort. Mm-hmm. And we're both rewarded by the interaction. Yeah. And, and that's those are what the modules do. They scratch every one of those itches. They give you the solution to every one of those problems. Now, what I, why I think this is a better way than sitting in the office with me is when you sit in the office with me, my fee is my fee. And frankly, I don't give a shit if you're paying attention or not because the <laughs> clock's on, right? right? There's no pause. There's no rewind. Right. There's no like calling me 10 minutes later once my processor has kicked in and like, Hey Jeff, can you remind me what that thing, you don't, you don't, that's now there are some advantages to therapy that to individual therapy and, and it's necessary, but I really do believe that this is a better foundation because you can hit pause. Yeah. If something really resonates with you and you want to hear it again, you can rewind. I don't have a fucking <laughs> rewind button, <laughs> right, right? right? And when you're in when you're in individual therapy, you you don't even really know those moments where you may like need to press pause. Yeah. It's just yeah, it's, it's on the for therapy. It's right. exactly right. Now, that's why this was built the way that it's built. It's it's not built this way to sell you more shit, you know? There's a distinction in therapeutic uh, interventions we call prophylactic or curative. And this is curative. Mm -hmm. This is, so most therapy is prophylactic, meaning that it's helpful as long as you're in therapy, but when you stop going to therapy, it's not helpful. Right. right. That's good for me, right? It's yeah. good for my business model. Yeah. 
But this is really intended to be more curative. This is really intended to be not your final stop, but to accomplish a lot of the work that you want to get done and not have to keep doing it over and over and over again. Right. And it's more than just curative. It's uh, preventative. So it's like the guys that, that come aren't people that show up and say, I've got this terrible problem. I want you to fix it like might happen in therapy. Right. But here it's like we expose the guy to several of the things that we know are gonna going to attack him one time or another. Right. <laughs> uh, we've seen it for 20 years. So it's like get ahead of this, right. you know. And when you see it coming, you know I've got the arsenal of weapons to deal with this. Yeah, and it's a palatable way of saying here's the problem you don't even know you have. Yeah, yeah. You're you're thinking these things over here are the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Which are more symptomatic yeah. of yeah. these issues. And so here's here's the real problem and the source of your real problem, and here's how to solve that so that you have more control over you than anything else in your life, including your wife, has over you. And you feel like a man that is honorable. You feel like a man whose word is his word. You feel like a man that is creating a a legacy of meaning for his family. Not wealth, I mean, if you want to make some money, if you want to be wealthy, that's fine. But far beyond that, I mean, we are social beings, and there is a there there is there is meaning to be found that goes beyond all the capitalism and wealth consumption and all of those kinds of things that oftentimes in our culture we are reduced to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just heard recently that wealth is what you're left with when all the money is stripped away. And so that's what we want to do and right. invest in our families um, and and know how to do that in an authentic way. So we know who we are and then we know how to love our wives and raise our kids. Right. And, and we're not always coming from behind to do it. We're, we're taking the... Yeah, it's no longer a reactive. Like yeah. my wife says, I need to be doing this with the kids or my wife says I should be doing this, which, which is so toxic to the relationship, you know, because she's always in the position of being the villain, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. She doesn't want the fucking position, right? What she wants is she wants a partner. Yeah. She wants somebody that's really in the relationship with her. Mm-hmm. And understanding her and responding to her, not reacting to her. Oh, absolutely. And that's yeah. what we aim to do. Yeah. And something else you, you said early on uh, in, the, in the program was that um, when you try these new, uh, new learned skills, <laughs> uh, you've already developed relationships with your kids, with your spouse, with your coworkers, and they're used to you the way you are. Right. So when you um, become more authentic and more deliberate and intentional and want to love people properly and invest in them, there's going to be some pushback. Right. Because there, people are used to abusing you. <laughs> right. So there's going to be... Or you being the bad guy or you being yeah. the idiot or whatever whatever that role is, right? It's, yeah. You know, the fancy word that we use is homeostasis. It's the balance of the relationship. There's a, a phenomenon in family therapy uh, called scapegoating or identified patient. And so oftentimes parents will scapegoat a child rather than deal with their own fucking problems, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. 
And it's always interesting when a family system presents that way because um, it's like, you ain't the fucking problem. <laughs> like yeah. your parents just don't have the courage to like deal yeah. with the shit in their yeah. relationship. So that's an example of, of what, what we would refer to as a pathological home homeostasis, which just to illustrate your point, you've, you're serving a role in the life that you're now living and people have come to expect certain behaviors from you. And then when you start to evolve out of those behaviors, they may not be excited about it. Right. They may be like, <laughs> well, look at you getting all insightful and shit. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. And the other thing is your own brain is the obstacle, right? Because yeah. your brain also wants homeostasis. And then yeah. you'll and this is something that most people don't understand. This is the part of man made that we dig down into is that internal battle of your own brain letting you become something new, yeah, your own yeah. brain letting you redefine yourself. Yeah. Because all of these th things sound really cool, right? But your brain has been habituated, your, your amygdala, the primal brain, has been habituated to have certain expectations for you to stay in your fucking lane. Mm -hmm. And then you can make a commitment to yourself, okay? The most common one that we all know is weight loss. And you're like, <laughs> God damn it, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm going to lose me some weight. And we know what the research says, that you're not just going to gain that weight back, you're going to gain back even more. Yeah. And that's the internal battle yeah. that we have to fight in our own brain. And that's the first battle that we have to fight and win, is we have to believe ourselves in the midst of doubting ourselves. And and it's a ball breaker, man. Yeah. It's it's. <laughs> I know. But if you want to do that, if you want to do that, this program gets you all the way there. From beginning to end. Yeah. And we want to be clear, the, the conference calls, and anytime you speak with uh, Jeff or myself, it's not a um, complaining or, uh, you know, sympathizing kind of conference, you know, where we're just all moaning about stuff. It's not that. It's like, okay, I tried this. And, and this went wrong with it. So, okay, well, let's talk through that. You know, how to. Well, it's also work. not bitch about the program. Like, this shit ain't fucking working. You guys told me <laughs> that, like, hey, if you're not willing to work, do the work, you're not going to, like, that's fine. You don't have to do the work, but you ain't going to blame the damn program right, for, right. like, we know it this works. is bullshit. You wasted my money. I want my money back. Here's your fucking money back. Yeah, Jeez. Don't waste our time. That's exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, so we want to help a guy through that as he's trying absolutely new, new things out. We want to be there to say to be the cheerleader and to say, okay, we see how that went wrong, and we're here for you. And you it's know? so you know that's such a toxic space to be in that like that victimy sort of powerlessness feeling where I blame everything else and don't take any individual responsibility. And it's like personal responsibility is terrifying at first, but once you feel once you feel like you have control over yourself, yeah. it really does change the entire way that you relate to your world and everything in it. And it's a empower, empowering thing. And a, a lot of people have asked, you know, what's the drinking and cussing about? <laughs> so I, I always say it's, it's to... A lot of people do it. They ask you that because you don't drink and cuss. Right. 
But I, the I, people I, talking to me about it, they're like, I fucking love that. And I'm yeah. like, I know, because we like to drink and cuss. <laughs> well, and I'm not in con. And that's in that. Well, you go ahead. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll make that point here in a moment. Well, the idea is for me that the rules aren't going to get you there. We, we can't say, act this way, do this thing, don't do that. That's the whole thing. That, that'll just mess you up. So we want a guy to understand what it's like to be yourself. Make your own choices. Take the responsibility, like you mentioned. And so the saying, don't drink, don't cuss, don't speed, don't do whatever things, it's like, that's not going to get you there. And so that's why we say, you know, good guys drink and cuss a little. It's like, okay, we just want to aim at the good guy. We don't want to think about all the things we're not supposed to do, or we've been told we're not supposed to do. And yes, and that is absolutely true. And there is an aspect of masculinity that is a little bit reckless. And when you think about evolution and you think about how long the species has been around, Mm -hmm. you know, predominantly, we've talked about this before, hunting, gathering, and warfare have fallen on the responsibility of the man. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a part of just that restlessness that just... And I'm not. I'm not talking about stupid shit. I'm not like. I'm. If you're an asshole, you're an asshole. <laughs> like, don't tell people I told you to be an asshole. It's just. It's. But there. There is a part that where it's like. And sorry, you're probably getting mad at me over this, but it's just like. I mean, going and sitting in church is not the most enlightening thing I've ever done. Now, for people who that is. That's freaking awesome. Like, go, you know, go do that. But it's like we have a restlessness to us yeah, yeah. that we need to, one, be aware of, and two, express it in more constructive ways so that it doesn't become excessive or destructive in the relationships that we're trying to be honorable in. Mm-hmm. So that's why we drink and cuss a little. <laughs> I don't like cussing. <laughs> Because I was raised, I didn't get to cuss. Now I'm like, oh, I can cuss. You're now. making it up now, huh? I'm probably, I, yeah, I've probably like overdone it. <laughs> like the universe is, yeah, I'm on a bit of a bender right now. It's the holidays. I'm blaming yeah. it on. Well, you can use know. my portion, my portion of the drinking and cussing. I appreciate that. that. Yeah. I appreciate that. So <laughs> I think we've explained it very well today, and I, I appreciate that. If you guys, if you do have any questions, um, Call us. You can find information on Facebook, um, Becoming Man Made Today, or our website, um, becomingmanmade.com. And this is, and what we want to be clear on is that this is just still the podcast. Like the the podcast, we love doing the podcast. If you're interested in the program, then we want you to be interested in that. And then we'll just keep doing the podcast and talking about whatever the fuck I want to talk about. (laughs) Absolutely. Have you figured out what I want to talk about next time? I'll let you know. A minute before. All right. Looking forward to it. Thanks, buddy. All right. Thanks, Jim. Man made.